Heroes don't wear camo. Fucking every single person who shops at Lululemon now wears camo. That's all. Like, all of their stuff is camo. You're like, yeah, it is. It's it so is. weird. It pulls me back to, like, Dorinas and pink camo and shit. <laughs> the Broadscast. Broadscast. Broadscast podcast. Sam Chang. I'm here for her takedowns of fools. Georgia Twist. I had a moment where I thought that's not his name. I'm going to redo that. Danielle Huntley. Vanessa Yang. Jing. Vanessa's entire purpose to make me feel old. Expert wag reporter Mallory. I don't like to be bamboozled. <laughs> Vic actually just got the sweatshirt that says Mock Girl Summer. This is our impact. Our impact. Hello and welcome to the broadcast. Thank you for joining us, your local hockey girl gang, to talk hockey, sports, culture, and whatever is going on in our brains this week. I am Georgia, your host, and I'm joined by Sam, Mallory, and Vanessa this week. Um, we'll kick things off as usual with our highs and lows. Samantha Chang. Okay. Lows. I'm going to start with the lows because there's a really funny one this week. And by funny, I mean, I mean, I guess it's kind of funny. Somebody actually went and left us a one star review. Jessica L 1995 says review titled vile sexists one star. These women express hatred of males under their thinly veiled guise of social justice. They demonize people based on immutable characteristics like sex, race, bigoted leftists, terrible propaganda. I love that. I know. It's like one of my favorite reviews we've gotten, mostly because I don't know that any of us except maybe Vanessa are subtle. Like, I don't think <laughs> any of this is thinly, thinly veiled. <laughs> Thank you, Jessica. Oh yeah, but I appreciate Jessica. that Jessica, who was maybe born in 1995, maybe um, took the time out of her day to uh, go and leave us that one star review. Um, I don't actually have a high. I feel like it's been we've been like laying pretty low on social media. Um, I did love. I saw Carissa tweeted the other day that she was re-listening to old episodes of. Um, broadcast and so that made me really happy and also everyone's drawings Chris Tanev style drawings yesterday of jerseys also a huge high in my week oh okay I found the hard to listen to one this is really good um hard to listen to one star I'm pretty sure these people hate hockey and only enjoy complaining about the sport you're not wrong um I gave it a chance and listened to two and a half episodes I'll never get that time back and that's a shame <laughs> These are the kinds of reviews that I, like, these are the kind of hate listens that I appreciate. Like, you put in the time and the effort. I actually don't know if they listened to the two and a half episodes, but. No, they clearly didn't. Well, I was going to say, you would have, you would have to, like, pick not the first three episodes. Because I don't think we really complained in the first three episodes. The first episode, we talked about Gossip Girl. We also, a big chunk of our episodes were, like, while the Canucks games were happening. (laughs) And pretty sure we didn't hate that, but yeah. I guess maybe if they listened to the last few episodes. Yeah, probably. But even then, like, we didn't complain in the Tyler Mott one. That would have been the one before. I don't know. I don't believe this person listened to two and a half episodes. I want to know what the half episode was. What was their breaking point? (laughs) That's always what I want. Also, like, when I see somebody blocked me on Twitter, I'm like, what was your breaking point? Like, yeah. why was this what made you block me? You know, when you like, like when, when you leave Amazon or like you exit, like whatever, and it asks you, there's like the things like, why are you choosing to leave? When you block someone, you should have to specify which tweet it was that I made you block just, them. I always just assume it's like a totality of like how incredibly annoying I am on Twitter. Like, oh, I, yeah, I think it's definitely somebody that's just like the straw that like broke the camel's back. Like it's yeah. like a situation of like, oh my God, can this girl stop posting about horsey Alwan? Wait, Vanessa, aren't you blocked by some random Boston media person? Um, I don't know. It's a, 
I think he was an LA Kings player. <laughs> Pat, is it Pat something? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I just um, remember you being his, randomly blocked by his someone. His handle is P. Oh, Patrick O'Sullivan. Is that his name? Oh, Patrick O'Sullivan blocked you? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Fascinating. I need to get, yeah. That's why I usually don't use the block button because I think that it does give a certain amount of pride. Yeah. Yeah. Just me like that it's shit. funny. I'm yeah. with you. I like it takes a lot for me to block someone, but I mute. It does not take much for me to mute people. Yeah. I block anyone who's mean to me or Izzy. If they're mean to Izzy, you're blocked. Uh, lots of fun hockey going on. Lots of white dudes on skates running into each other at full speed. Let's do that hockey. Okay, speaking of um, people who probably would not like our podcast, <laughs> uh, it has been one year to the day since Don Cherry was fired from Hockey Night in Canada or Sportsnet or whatever. I don't even know what it was at the time, technically. I think Sportsnet is who officially fired him. And so I thought that it would be interesting for us to kind of have a conversation about like what's happened in that year because so much has happened. It's almost... It feels crazy to think, oh, this is a year ago because it simultaneously feels like it was just yesterday and also a decade ago. And not just because of COVID, there's been kind of a variety of things. So Ken Campbell actually wrote a piece um, for SI today reflecting on what's happened since Cherry's been gone. And I think actually a lot of people have been thinking about it the last week. And particularly, like, what has changed in hockey culture or in kind of our perceptions of the game since he's been gone. So I thought it would be interesting to discuss that today. So I think, actually, I want to start with Sam (laughs) because this anniversary also marks (laughs) your going viral anniversary. Sam's return to Twitter. Yeah, Sam's return to Twitter, which I think is... Really interesting. Yeah, I would, I think this is actually the first time I had anything go viral. And I was, I like wrote this thread while I was in Hawaii and it was like 11 o'clock at night in Hawaii. And I don't remember why, but I was really mad about Don Cherry. And I had kind of been stewing on it all day. And instead of like talking to someone about it, like a normal person, I was like, I'm just going to outline my thoughts on Twitter. And so I wrote a, I wrote a thread about my feelings about Don Cherry and my personal experience with Don Cherry, basically, like, you know, I grew up watching Hockey Night in Canada and Coach's Corner and totally grew up loving Don Cherry. And it was, it wasn't until I think kind of the last few years that I started thinking more critically about what he was saying and the ways it made me feel as a fan. Um, and that was just something I wanted to work through. And for whatever reason, I decided that the place I should do that was Twitter. So yeah, that was my thread. Mal, I'm actually interested. Okay. So I think for the, for Vanessa, Sam and I growing up, like Don Terry is so kind of ingrained in our cultural understandings of hockey. Like, would you guys disagree with that? I feel like growing up, that's, he was the icon or whatever, but I'm interested in your experience with Cherry as a fan from America. I definitely don't think that there's that like same thing because he definitely just is like, I don't know, a supporting character Mm. rather than anything else because just like, just due to the fact that Sportsnet is not in American broadcasting. So it's like, oh, like, you know who he is vaguely. Yeah. But you don't, like, see him regularly. Like, you're not, like, he's not, like, in your home every week, essentially. Mm-hmm. So I definitely don't think that he has that same, like, power over culture. I mean, yeah. obviously, because hockey's not as big in America. But I think that the things he says are a lot more likely to be kind of, like, the like ramblings of like just some dude on TV rather than something that is like completely in like ingrained in hockey culture and Canadian culture. Yeah. One of the things that I always think is wild now is 
in the early 2000s, we had this CBC contest for the greatest Canadian of all time. And Don Cherry was one of those people. I mean, he lost to Tommy Douglas, who created our Medicare system, which is like, (laughs) okay. But like, that's how ingrained in Canadian culture he was. And so in thinking this week about, okay, since he's been gone... Did, like, yeah. Terry what? Fox at least beat him? I, I hope so. <laughs> I actually don't know. I just remember that he was in the top 10, and the person, the, like, celebrity that they got to vouch for him was Brett the Hitman Hart. <laughs> just like, of course. Why not? Uh, I think the interesting thing... Because I, I remember that week was such a shitstorm of, you know, everyone screaming at each other on Twitter about poppies, and then he got fired, and then everyone was still screaming at each other. And then it's like everyone kind of forgot about it and moved on. And then every now and then, some guy who was like, hashtag free Don Cherry would yell at you on Twitter, and you'd remember. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, It's just an interesting thing to reflect on. And also... Like, thank fucking God he wasn't on air during Black Lives Matter. <laughs> oh, yeah, he would have said something very off-color. Um, right. I also think that, like, because of the population of Canada is, like, so much smaller. Like, I'm pretty sure like California 10%. has more residents. Yeah. California has more residents than, like, all of Canada. Yeah, we're, but, like, like, 10% the thing is that I don't think that there's, like, an American, like... Equivalent? Equivalent. Like, I don't think that there is because of just, like... I don't know, sports thing that happens every single week that you are going to, like, see this man. The only person I come up with is, like, Joe Buck, maybe. Hmm. Or, like, someone on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. It's just not the same. So I think that it also is just very interesting of, like, the smallness of Canadian hockey culture, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that was something that that I really struggled with when I was – thinking about it last year is that I think part of it is so much about how like we're not Canada's generally not that patriotic or nationalist in terms of pride it's really tied up in hockey and he was like the single largest peddler of Canadian hockey like it was always like oh he's a good Canadian kid blah 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 and I don't you know I think this year following hockey again it was like I didn't miss him at all like his analysis had no relevance to the way the game is played now like most of your biggest stars are not necessarily Canadians like Connor McDavid sure but like there are a ton of American superstar hockey players now there are a ton of Russians like and there always have been but his like drive to hang on to hockey as a Canadian thing and as like the way we were superior to the rest of the world was just not true and does not reflect reality and like Mel said, I think the smallness of it is shocking. Like the the way that you hang on to that mentality is by excluding other countries, other fans who are different and not your traditional base. And if the NHL ever wants to be a true major four sport, like they have to get rid of that. And I don't think they're anywhere close to that. Like they try, but the reality is they're not, they're not there. Like their players aren't there. Yeah. I think there's... There's a couple interesting things that go with that. And I think particularly Cherry comes from a generation that saw the real fear surrounding the professionalization and commercialization of hockey and the view that that was the um, American impact that was like spoiling the, the Canadian purity of the game, which I always think is fascinating because what does that mean when you boil it down in terms of spreading the game out and it means that it's not it's less white particularly i also think one of the things that people talked a lot about in terms of the reasons why he was fired a lot of people said okay like they were waiting for the time and this was kind of the last straw but then there was also the fact that the raptors had just done uh they just won the um nba championship and their success brought this massive amount of new fans to uh, Sportsnet, uh, TSN also, but Sportsnet also holds the rights. And they actually saw diversity in terms of their viewership. And they suddenly realized that they could no longer 
exclude them in that way. Um, and then having Cherry on the air spouting like racist bigotry, let's call it what it was. We should be honest that had been happening for years. Like this wasn't just, Oh, this is an old man. Like this had been going on since he started. Um, they realized like, Oh fuck, we have a whole demographic that we are alienating because of this. And that was part of the reason why they were like, oh shit, we can't do this anymore. Fascinating that they never thought about that before. Shockingly, for the most part, I think I got really positive responses to the thread. I had like like very few trolls and terrible people, um, which was shocking. But I remember one guy who was just flat out like, well, your whole thread, like you just proved yourself because like you love hockey. And obviously he didn't make you feel excluded. I was like, you can like something and also like feel uncomfortable yeah and I was like that's the entire point of my thread was that there are a lot of fans out there who love hockey because the sport itself is beautiful and fun to watch and the culture of it in terms of the NHL and all the grassroots organizations and the way it's structured can still make you feel excluded but the only way you can enjoy a sport you like is if you accept those things and you compartmentalize the parts of yourself that are excluded um Mm -hmm. and that's that's kind of what we constantly say is the problem it's not that we don't like the sport it's that we're required to make ourselves smaller in order to fit into kind of the way the sport itself is marketed and shared yeah like every single time like we all do genuinely like hockey but we have to turn off like the part of our brains that is like an empathetic person and is aware of social justice issues when we like sit down and consume the NHL. And that sucks. Like it sucks to like feel like you're compromising something to enjoy a sport. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well that, and that goes to sports in general. I think I always reflect upon, you know, you hear about this particularly happens to me when domestic violence stuff comes up And it's so hard to negotiate the fact that you love a game or a sport and you want to watch it and consume it and you want to cheer for a team while simultaneously knowing that your uh, worth as a woman, your kind of safety as a woman will be cast aside if any of the players were uh, talented enough, essentially. Like, that's a really hard thing to reckon with as female fans. And I say that as a white woman. Like, there's a variety of things that come from other experiences and intersections of identity that I don't have to cope with or compartmentalize. But that that's one of them. And that's a reality that kind of, I think people don't comprehend the difficulty of doing that. Um, but it it's a part of the reality. It's yeah, it's an interesting thing. Um, one, actually one of the things I also wanted to talk about was just the idea of hockey night in Canada in general. And I know that it shifted to Sportsnet, And so I think it's lost that kind of real nationalist cachet that it once held, um, for a lot of Canadians. And one of the questions I wanted to pose, what do we think about hockey night in Canada now? Like, what is the purpose of it anymore? doing it is it just like holding on to the past I don't really know I think it's just a interesting thing I can't say I've given that a lot of thought like I think kind of minus the John Cherry aspect of it it's and moving from CDC it's obviously lost a lot of the kind of nationalist views I think it's more of just it's a valuable brand for them at this point it's just another version of any other hockey show yeah um Vanessa what do you think about hockey in Canada It's interesting because I might be in the minority, but I never really saw it as like something to be held on a pedestal. Whereas Mm -hmm. I always hear people talking about, I grew up watching Hockey Night in Canada as if it was this grand show. You would make dinner and just sit in front of the TV watching. But like that was, I never really saw it that way. So I honestly just see it as a broadcast. Like it's not anything special to me. Mm. Although it is nice to have the brand, but I guess going back to Don Cherry, like I never, I don't know if I blocked it out, but I just never really saw him as like an icon. Mm. And that might also be because I like just started getting into it, I don't know, like 10 years ago maybe. And like Coach's Corner was kind of like my bathroom break. (laughs) It was just never, (laughs) it was just never something that like, that was must watch TV for me. 
Mm. I don't know. Like, I think it's Hawking in Canada. I like what they're doing now. I think bringing on Biaxa and letting Brian Burke kind of explore different analyses of like hockey ops stuff. I think it brings a perspective that obviously Cherry didn't bring. And I think they're catering towards a younger audience with Biaxa. And I think he's probably going to, like, if they don't keep him, they're nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that he's kind of marketing gold for them in terms of the moments that they're that they're able to produce like I was just thinking about the Canucks uh playoff run and not only does he tie into the kind of that section of fans here who are like Toronto doesn't care about us and like hates us blah 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 that happens every year uh by being a former Canucks player and kind of defending that he's good at that but then also just he has these fun moments that kind of hit hit the Twitter waves and are fun yeah I also just think Kevin BX is such an interesting mix of things for Hockey Night in Canada. Like if we're talking about Canadian pride, this is a guy who now lives in California. Like he's doesn't live in Canada. He decided to stay there. I think he got dual citizenship, he said on his podcast. But it's also super interesting in that obviously his dad is a Canadian labor icon. Yeah, he's like a leftist, um, like union guy. Yeah. And so there are just all these interesting pieces of Kevin Bieksa that I think are super unexplored as kind of a media person for Hawking Night in Canada. Yeah, I definitely agree. They also brought Cassie Campbell Pascal into a bigger role on the kind of intermission panel versus just being kind of a third string color person or a um, rinkside reporter, I guess, as well. <laughs> I was going to ask about our weirdest cherry moments, but I just don't care. <laughs> he's just yeah what especially like this week all of his looks i i do respect them you have to respect a man who's wearing the ugliest thing he can find <laughs> and then going on national television like that yeah i'll That's give him thing, that. like i never saw don cherry as like this super ultimate canadian guy i just thought of him as like a weird guy who wears crazy suits on tv i think by the time going back to the ages thing i think going <laughs> I think by the time you were like maybe regularly like thinking about it, he was already significantly on the decline. Like I remember 2002 during the Olympics when he, that was like peak Don Cherry fever. Like people were crazy for him. He was still actually giving decent hockey analysis. And I remember still at the time I was still watching and thinking like, oh, like he's hilarious. This is great. And then it took a real sharp decline real fast after that. Yeah, there's like, there's a couple things that I always think are crazy. One is that, like, he's celebrated for being this, like, hockey icon, and yet he sucked at his job, which I think is very funny. Like, not he's not even mediocre. Like, he's so... He was not good at his job. And the other thing is, this is, the like, one of the absolute wildest things. When he owned, was a part owner or whatever, of the Mississauga Ice Dogs, he refused to have Europeans on his team. And they lost, like, every single game. (laughs) Good riddance. Like, that is a wild thing. Oh, It's incredible that your number one marketing figure brand for hockey is a guy who is blatantly xenophobic. Like, we all know the European slash Russian jokes. Who was never a good coach. Like, could not hang on to a coaching job. But somehow ran a segment called Coach's Corner for his analysis. Like, that, that makes no sense. Like... He also, like, I I don't understand. Didn't he famously lose a Stanley Cup game because of a too many men on the ice call, which is, like, a coach's, like, that's funny. And he also, like, is famed for his relationship with Bobby Orr and, like, fuck Bobby Orr, we can talk about his Trump supporting another time. But he didn't even coach Bobby Orr for that long. Like, it was not a significant amount of games, which is just very funny to me. Yeah. yeah. And this was the guy that you were using to market your sport, like, Generally, when you're marketing, and Vanessa can speak to this, like the objective of marketing is to grow your brand and to grow your customer base. It makes no sense to have your, I mean, I guess he wasn't an NHL brand, but obviously he was the epitome of 200 hockey men. To have your brand centered around guys whose comebacks on Twitter are things like, you don't know anything about hockey, you never played the game. Well, sorry, the game's fucking prohibitively expensive. Professional hockey is really marketed solely around men, despite the fact that there are women's leagues. 
And so if that's your comeback, yeah, you're just going to be like a sideshow league forever because if your comeback is people don't know about the sport unless they've played it, like, well, then maybe you should make it so that it's more affordable so more people can play it. Like, all of you are terrible at selling a sport that you allegedly love. The the only reason, I think, or one of the only reasons that hockey remains relevant to kind of our generation is because of the people who it marginalizes going on Twitter and making it relevant. Like, I always think about that. It's always, you know, like the the Tumblr people who migrated over, who make content that makes it so enjoyable and fun. And those are the people, yeah, that it marginalizes. And I always think that like the irony in that is, or someone's going to correct me and say, that's not the right use of irony. I don't care. The, uh, (laughs) no pedantic people are allowed. Um, but the, that kind of gap I think is so fascinating because yeah, what, what you see on Twitter, uh, yeah, is the people who are marginalized making it relevant and making it interesting. And they just continue to like ignore them or be like, no. Yeah, like the like, we, group of, we like, don't like soap operas. And it's like your whole fucking game is a soap opera. Men have no interest in making it not just Canadian hockey men. And they don't realize they're, they themselves are becoming obsolete. Like, yeah. You have it's to wild. adapt to the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Alan Walsh had a really interesting this morning that was essentially NHL players have compelling narratives and are some of the most interesting athletes in any sport. TV broadcasts need to sell a story, let the fans know who these players and their families are off the ice and give the fans access. Okay, so like, first of all, I don't totally agree with this first statement. I think hockey players are by nature super insular and not that interesting. But I agree in the sense that he's right that your regular media coverage, especially TV broadcasts, do a terrible job of selling any kind of stories. Like the reason I started getting super into world juniors when I was in high school was for a stretch of time, TSN did these amazing features between periods for the world juniors. And it was like, they would go to the players' homes. They would talk to like their friends. The year that PK Subban and John Tavares played, they did a whole special on how they grew up and how they were best friends, including putting them the two, the two of them together and doing like trivia games about each other they actually found ways to tell to showcase their personalities in a way that was comfortable and one of my favorite ones is they gave Dion Phaneuf and Max Talbot a camcorder and just sent them off behind the scenes to like record what the guys were doing at the hotel between games and then put it together into a 15 minute segment and then for whatever reason they stopped doing that those were the kinds of things that actually made them endearing to fans because you saw them off the ice as like regular people and not as like boring media can answers and none of the networks and none of the 200 hockey men put any effort into telling those stories anymore it's always just like fans on tumblr and on twitter and not only that it's even in marketing like their highlights and their gifts like the replay guy they just constantly like issue ip notices to him despite the fact that he's doing more to keep people up to speed on games and clips and like interesting things that happen. And instead of hiring him and trying to figure out how they can make it work, they're trying to get rid of him. You guys have no sense of how you can actually grow this and how you make it accessible. Like it makes no sense to me. And if he can't, like he's got like 14,000 followers, he's a dude and he's like got Alan Walsh's support and whatever. If he can't make it work, like how is, how are any of the fans who are like, giving of their time freely because they like the game so much to create content how are they supposed to find a way for themselves in this point these really are the days of our lives you don't need that show it was just a dumb soap opera okay let's talk about soap operas trevor power just won the cy young what worst man in the movie oh no that is that is a hate crime against women. Trevor that's Bauer. A, that's a hate crime against everyone, actually. One and of the funniest articles of all time is the article from Sports Illustrated that is just an interview with him, and they just are talking about how he's the worst man. He's the worst man in the world. I hate that man. He's okay. absurd. Also, but- he basically has said that he thinks, he's like, I will never have more than a one-year contract with anyone. 
it's like maybe if you realize that your personality is that bad like you're the one who needs to work on something yeah um i will never forget the game in the alcs against the blue jays i can't remember what year it was um he was supposed to pitch he had an accident with his drone and sliced his hand open proceeded to pitch (laughs) and then halfway through the game his hand was gushing blood and he had to leave the game because he was flying his fucking drone i hate that man with my entire life (laughs) also is notorious for like i don't know if he name searches or if people snitch tag him but he will no he just name searches he doesn't he sends his hordes of people after uh, one was a woman from California somewhere. I think she was from LA who like criticized his, him. Um, hordes of them after her. And he is the worst. He's like a barstool minion. So it, um, my favorite thing though is once again against our team in general. It was just like a regular game in like some July, like last summer, they're playing the Royals. I think he just got homered off of, I don't even think he had like two or three, like it wasn't even, he was having that bad of an inning. And then I don't even think he was getting pulled. Like he was just getting a mound visit. And then he just goes and chucks the ball into center field for no good reason. The only thing that he does that's okay is he openly criticizes Rob Manfred. (laughs) And yeah, he's just like straight up with it. And that broken clock, right. Two times a day situation. Yeah. Speaking of name searching, but but he did get, no, he did get traded almost immediately to Cincinnati for his crimes, which was hilarious after he threw the go eat some spaghetti chili, bro. Yeah. Uh, speaking of name searches, we should probably talk about just weird Twitter stuff as always with Tony D'Angelo and then also Tom Sestito, uh, (laughs) That seemed wild. Um, Basically, Tony D like went off about the U.S. election, Uh, didn't like the fact that they were counting ballots, and then he deleted his account, which apparently was- He may or may not have been told by his employer. Yeah, the Rangers like PR (laughs) told him to. That's apparently, that's something that I read. After the COVID, after the COVID tweet. Yeah, after the COVID tweet. Um, he's back now, unfortunately. But yeah, Tony D just being... He had a long leash for a while, though. My favorite part of that entire sequence was that one of his last tweets before he deactivated was somebody who was like, never given to the mob, Tony. And he was like, I won't. And then deactivated. Actually, one good thing was that all of hockey Twitter joined hands <laughs> and were like, He's gone. This is the best thing that's ever happened. So that was kind of heartwarming to see. Um, yeah, but unfortunately he's back. I think he actually tweeted like good luck to Biden or something, but I don't believe he tweeted that. I think someone someone else has access to his account. Yeah. The Rangers PR. You need to tweet this. Um, Vanessa, do you want to explain the Tom Sestito thing? (laughs) How did how did that even come up? So after CNN called the election, Biden tweeted thank you, like his usual thank you tweet. And Tom Sestito replied, you'll be dead in two weeks. <laughs> That's like a tweet that like would legitimately get you questioned by the Secret Service. Yeah. Like they would go to your place. Okay, this is like a sidebar, but a fun fact that I want to share. Just like Malbrain times. Okay, so my cousin, like some guy that like lived with him in college whatever he was just like a huge weirdo like posted on like facebook all the time just like weird shit or whatever anyway he like posted something that was like quasi like i don't know it wasn't even like anti-obama because that would have been the time or whatever but something that was like suggesting that obama was going to die or something and in kansas he was going to school in kansas he got visited at his home and they were like talk to him, talk to like all like people who knew him and were like, Hey, is this person suspicious or not? Like he had to get interviewed by the secret service. Like my cousin had to get interviewed because he like adjacently knew him and all of this. So, so Tom, Tom Cicito. Cicito, you're going to get a visit. <laughs> but then he kept going, right? Vanessa? Yeah. He's, he's still going. And then after, so someone called him out and then he replied to that guy saying he's 98 
can't speak, had two strokes in past year, he not making another year, apostrophe, it's science, in all caps. <laughs> There's no punctuation in that tweet. <laughs> I mean, like, we can't talk shit on that. Like, we can't talk shit on that. Me in that way. Isn't, uh, and then he started, like, going after people about gender. I saw that, too. He, he would literally respond to anyone who went after him in the replies and called him out. He was literally just responding to everyone. All of the people that he tried to, like, clap back at were all people under, like, 100 followers. And all of his replies were, like, I played 10 years of professional hockey and, like, you have 43 followers where you couldn't even get your friends and family to follow you. I was like, dude, 50% of your last replies are, I have more followers than you. Like, you played in the NHL. I should fucking hope you have more followers than these randoms on Twitter. And why are you talking to them? So So his most recent tweet was to um, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who's... um, (laughs) in Chicago. Um, (laughs) She tweeted about the new administration's task force and he replied, okay, Beetlejuice. (laughs) What? Oh my God. Oh, there's a clip from one of the HBO 24 sevens where he's like trying to chirp Brad Richards. And the title of the clip on YouTube is like Brad Richards deals with lamest chirps in the NHL or something like that. Like he's apparently notoriously bad at chirping people. And I think we all got to witness this live on Twitter. So Tom Sestito officially inaugurated into the Canucks problematic ring of honor <laughs> alongside <laughs> Brandon Prest, Todd Bertuzzi. Who else? David Booth. David Booth. Oh, God, David Booth. <laughs> Remember when they brought him onto the radio to talk about gender? And he was mm-hmm. like, transgender people don't exist. Like, why the fuck would mm-hmm. you give him a platform? That man is so weird. I bet you if you went back and searched, you could find quotes about how all these guys are good in the room. Oh, yeah, probably. Um, Okay, last soap opera thing is um, Wayne Gretzky making a strange comeback. I don't know who wants to talk about this, but I hated it, and I'm blocking it from my brain. Uh, Gretzky in the OVO sweatshirt, both of them clinging on to their last bit of relevancy of being Drake as both. I don't know. I guess like Drake like still is big. Like I don't, I'm not going to say, like I'm pretty sure he has like multiple like songs that are like in the charts or whatever, but he seems like boring at this point and like not what he used to be. And like exposed. Yeah. He also just does creepy shit all the time. Yeah. He does creepy shit. And like also him, like, I don't know, like him on the sidelines, like, on, like, a lot of coke at the Raptors games, like, was a lot to handle. Like, in all of the, like, videos of him, like, yelling about stuff, it was like, bro, can you calm down? Like, you paid a lot of money for those seats, and you're about to get kicked out. You'd be, like, halfway on the court. Anyway, the Gretzky and OVO, I think it's hilarious, and I think it should continue. I think they need to do, like, a whole line, but it doesn't look good. I want to say that it doesn't look good. It's not convincing me to buy it. I just think it's funny. Whenever I see it, like, I always say OVO, first of all, and then I just think of OVO. (laughs) Like, I don't know why. In my head, that's where it goes, and I'm like, this is a strange branding choice. And then I remember it's October's very own. actually was Drake's downfall? It was um, Pusha revealing that he had a child that That was his downfall that he hid speaking of ovums (laughs) yeah anyway but literally like he was when he was like at the raptors games i was like bro can you like have like a bonding moment with your son like why don't you take your kid here Uh, there was one more twitter soap opera oh really quickly was um nathan kirby oh i forgot about him oh my god i don't even remember what he tweeted, I just remember that every single response was about how short he is. <laughs> He's like, I'm 5'3", <laughs> or 5'4". He's like, I'm 5'3", and I'm still in the NHL, and we're like, okay, but you're still 5'3". Height <laughs> is a choice. Well, and then one of the guys who was like, he decided to reply to was like, oh, you're not even that good, and he decided to list all of his hockey accomplishments from the last 10 years. It's like, you're responding to a random person on Twitter. You're already losing. Yes, exactly. I think 
the other person that responded to him or whatever it was like Zach Delpy, who might be the most like inconsequential forget about him Canuck. All I remember about him is that he had a guitar. <laughs> That's it. That's all I remember about Zach Delpy. Very sweet. Didn't Torts love him? I wish Torts loved him. Uh, I'm five four. National championship national cha- national championship MVP. Smallest forward in NHL history. Two hundred. 426, I can't read this. This is like, this is how much this does not make any sense. Anyway, four kids and a beautiful wife, values in life will never change. Somebody replied, sorry, Nathan, you must be taller than the average teenage girl to speak on this. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that he's like so pressed about this is actually what's great. Oh my god. The tweet that the tweet that started it all is 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 Twitter god of all facts question mark. Hashtag first amendment. Hashtag hypocritical world. Ugh. Someone needs to tell him how the first amendment works. Yeah. Is he American? Does anyone no. know? Yeah, uh, yes. He is? Okay. I uh is he I remember. He probably lives there. Like, if he's not, then okay. he probably lives well, there. Well also that's the thing. We're also like Canadian. No, he's players. from Michigan. Or whatever, okay. they'll let come out and be like, I'm a Trump supporter. And you're like, no one asked. Like, <laughs> you don't need to show your ass on this in this situation. Oh, yeah. Logan Couture, when he was like, I got punched in the face. For <laughs> oh Trump. It was like, no one asked you. <laughs> this was not so information you needed happened. to share. Um, Nathan Gerby is, in fact, American. Okay, last thing that we need to do is discuss our jerseys. I thought it would be fun to get people to draw the reverse retro jerseys which like i don't understand i don't get what reverse retro means can someone explain it vanessa it seems like it's just a pair of like, it seems like an oxymoron it's just i think it's just inverted colors oh that's it yeah oh, lame i'm pretty sure um, using the the retro logos okay and, and like you, this is style too and you have theories on what it will be the real one right uh yeah okay so in the preview, in the Adidas preview, they have O one one on the back. Mm. But the colors are, the main colors. So I think they're going, I think the logical logo would be the stick and rink because the Canucks have used that logo before in their mm. alternate this year. But like the gradient from O one, one I don't know if I'm going to vibe with that. I like gradients a lot, but a muck up fancy fancy on my own Twitter account. And it looked okay. But I would rather not have a gradient, but then because they put a one there. Why do you the hate fun? No, because it looks weird when it's the green and blue. Yeah. It looked okay in like the Orca Bay colors. Okay, here's where I say it again. All the Canucks jerseys suck and so did their logos. <laughs> and so it's really hard. I wonder if they're just going to do like a flying V. In, yeah. In- but then why do they put the O one on there? That kind of okay, like... Okay, anyway, it doesn't me. matter. They're going to release it. I want to talk about... <laughs> <laughs> Mal, you're so impatient. Hold on. Okay, so we got people to draw Chris Tanev style. Which people did not obey the rules. I would like to put that out there. I said Chris Tanev style, <laughs> which means that it needs to be shit, okay? I was not expecting high quality photoshops. <laughs> anyway, um, so we got people to submit them. We got a ton of uh, submissions, which thank you guys so much. It was a lot of fun to go through them. And now we are going to each pick our favorite. Um, it can be home or away. You can pick a home and away if you like. Mal? You clearly want to go first. <laughs> I mean, I just was saying that we arguing over what the thing is possibly going to be was not a productive use of our time. Go. Say your jersey. Pick one. Okay. Anyway, mine is obviously Vyas's, uh the girl reading this, um, white with the smiley faces on the shoulders. It's, it's really good. I think that it'll sell a lot. I don't know. I would pay a lot of money for it. That's definitely what I want for home because white homes, I think, are cool. So Yes, that is fair. Okay. Um, I also, maybe for my away, I will take uh, at Tim Sawyer 420 posted um, just a jersey that was the Wikipedia page for the 2011 uh, riots. <laughs> and I think that's a good away jersey. That would be so funny. Oh, my God. They would never do it. Ah, Fuck. If only we could have fun jerseys. Uh, okay, Vanessa, what, 
Which which jersey are you drafting into your? I'm going closet? with waffle board, the flying C. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, I love that one. So basically, it's just the flying V sideways, so it looks like a um, positive sign, I guess, or a somewhat greater than <laughs> greater than. Oh, okay, Sam, which one are you picking? Or yeah, one? I have, I have two. I have two. I really enjoyed silver and black Canucks. It looks like a T-shirt, and it says "Just No Fucking Orca." So that's my hope. I'm on board with that one. And then the other one that I really liked was um, Sean Butler did the original gradient with the riot couple kissing. And then the description is on the left shoulder, true love written in cursive on the right (laughs) shoulder. All cops are bad written in comic sense. All cops are bastards. Oh, I do want to say one thing is someone replied to that and said that the in the couple like she moved to australia they moved to australia or to be together or whatever and now they have a child so oh, that's, that's, really how, that's how fucking old we are <laughs> that the riot couple is having children anyway um mine was um one of clarissa's uh at quinn's edge work um and she just put all the logos on a jersey um, mix them all, flying V, skate, everything. And I thought that was really fun. It reminded me of like Canucks pajamas that you'd get <laughs> when you were a kid. And they would just stick all the fucking logos on there. So I really like that one. And then I can't remember who did the whale one, but it's the one where it has the really cute whale. It just looks so happy. He's making a that little was, smile. Um, I think that was Carter Hart. Carter Hart. Yeah, okay, Carter yeah. Hart. that Amanda. one. That one I really liked. None <laughs> of the Adidas ones will live up to... <laughs> the glory that we saw today or yesterday I should say. so thank you everyone for your submissions that was a lot of fun um it's time for name five players uh this week i chose to honor alex trebek um a now sadly deceased icon I watch Jeopardy basically every night because Izzy and I cannot agree on a show to watch. He wants me to watch Blade Runner. I don't want to watch Blade Runner. I want to watch Aristocats. And he says no. So we watch Jeopardy (laughs) because that's who we are. Anyway, um, so in honor of Alex Trebek, who is a massive uh, sports fan, uh, who also said that his, uh, the person who should uh, take over his role is actually the uh, play-by-play announcer for the LA Kings, which I always think is funny. I'm going to say name five, though it will be four, uh, players who you think would win a Jeopardy game. Matt. Okay. Um, I think Claude Giroux, like, probably has, like, a lot of, like, that, like, weird trivial pursuit knowledge, you know? Mm-hmm. And also, like, Ryan has, like, domesticated him. So um, I think he really likes board games and stuff, you know, probably watches a lot of Jeopardy. That's fair. Um, Yeah. And I think he would like, I think he would do really well. I don't think he would maybe do well in an actual Jeopardy, but like Jeopardy of the NHL, the standards Mm -hmm. are lower, you know? That's fair. Or like, yeah, when they do those, well, celebrity Jeopardy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good one. Claude Drew. Okay. Vanessa? I'm going with Harvard educated former Canuck, Alex Biega. Ooh, that's a good one. Who And so I did some research, and he has a LinkedIn profile where he lists professional hockey player as his occupation. <laughs> and, okay, and so I also don't think he would do good on the show, but if it was Jeopardy in the areas of private equity, real estate, and entrepreneurial pursuits, I think he would do good. That's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 250 connections. So he got his bachelor's in sociology at Harvard and then has his MBA from Southern New Hampshire University. Oh, interesting. I did not. Skills and endorsements, social media, Microsoft Office, Microsoft mm. Excel, mm. In- interests, Detroit Red Wings, <laughs> NHLPA, and Bill Gates. This is the most random tangent we've ever gone on. 
I'd like to point Honestly, out that Vanessa is leading us on this tangent. I <laughs> this love a lot of times I will, and like I know you get notifications and everything. I um, oftentimes look at uh, Bachelor contestants' LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> one yeah, of my I don't students. Care. One of my students creeped my LinkedIn. I thought it was funny because it tells you like who looks at your profile. I was like, I teach you. That's interesting. Anyway, uh, Sam, who's your choice? I, I have two. I'm going to go with like the fun one, which is I was going to go with Alex Edler because Tyler Mott told us that he is like their trivia champ. Oh yeah. And then the person I was going to go with originally, um, like Vanessa is also Harvard educated, um, trivia BC. Cause I think that would be so funny. The Harvard Education took a real hit with Alex Kalorn. Yeah. I feel like it took a real hit with Kaylee McEnany. I have Um, no respect for Ivy Leagues in general. Like, they're like, who do you know? It's like a frat party. Who do you know here? But it's getting into an Ivy League. Yeah, that's fair. Um, My choice is Ryan Miller. Because he reads. (laughs) And he's smart. Oh, Chris Kreider. Oh, yeah. I actually tried to look up to see if there's any people in the NHL that are a member of Mensa, and apparently Jonathan Erickson was. Um, it's not that hard to become a Mensa member. Really? Once again, it's insulting Mensa and the Ivy League. I didn't know that. Interesting. I wonder if I should join Mensa. I, pr- I could probably no, get in there. because you're not an asshole. I was voted... <laughs> okay, uh, I was voted most likely to win Jeopardy in my high school superlatives, and then they fucking changed it to most likely to marry a Vancouver Canuck. Um, Before we sign off, special shout-out to this week's 31 Thoughts. Um, My forever thought is just going to be Joe Burrow, and that's a choice that I've made. So anytime I host an episode, the thought will be Joe Burrow. (laughs) Mal's shaking her head at me. How's he doing? How's he doing lately? Um, Not great, uh, but he did talk today about how he grew up being scared of everything. So all he did was watch Spongebob because he was scared of Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and everything growing up. And I related to that. So my love, Joe Burrow. Uh, you can interact with us on Twitter and Instagram at broadcastpod or email us uh, broadcastpod at gmail.com. We do not check our email. So people should probably know that. <laughs> Has anyone checked the email? Uh, I checked it a week and a half ago and I intended to respond to some people, but I can barely like stay on top of my own email. So I did not in fact respond to anyone. But I did. If you, if you guys email us, we'll check it more, but no one emails <laughs> us. We've gotten some really nice emails actually. I just never read yeah. them on highs because they're always really long. And it was like in August when we were first starting out. Mm, that's fair. Okay. Well, we've gotten some more recent ones. We love chatting with you guys and we want to hear your feedback on what you liked, disliked, and other content you want to see and hear. Also, please rate and subscribe us on iTunes. That just allows people to kind of access the podcast. And also, we like to hear what you want to say there. So please do that. You can find us all individually on Twitter. I'm at Georgia Twist. I'm at Samantha CP underscore. Uh, I'm at Sports Lesbian. And I'm at Vanessa J. On behalf of the broads, thanks. And we will talk to you next week.